0: The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. If you are hiring and you need help identifying, vetting, and recruiting 5 to 10 finalists that fit the profile of your institution, then reach out to Rising Coaches. We have experience helping organizations hire ADs, head coaches, and assistant coaches in every sport, and even corporate positions. Our prices are designed to fit small college budgets. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com. All right. Welcome to the Right Fit Podcast, where we pull back the curtain on the hiring process. We sit down with athletic directors and ask them what goes on during their search process and uh, what they're ultimately looking for. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by Connor Sports, the market leader in indoor playing surfaces. They do everything from FIBA to the NBA, um, all the way down to your local rec center. So uh, Patrick, when you guys get you when you secure that fifty million dollar check to redo your arena, make sure you call our guys at Connor Sports, or you can visit them at Connorsports.com. Uh, very excited to have our guest here today, uh, Director of Athletics at Washington Adventist University, Patrick Crary. Patrick, what's up? Happy
1: to be here, man. You know, it's just pandemic time. I feel like we're crossing the crossing the line with the pandemic's getting close. Got my second vaccine shot coming next week, so I'm excited. Yeah, congrats. Uh, how was the first one? Any side effects? No, nah, man, it was cool. It was cool. Okay. Took the Pfizer, you know, I went with the highest percentage. Smart. Got blessed to get in there and, you know, ready to get number two. Good for you.
0: Um, well, Patrick, uh, we've got a lot to talk about before we dive into the questions. I want to talk a little bit about um, when you got the job. You got it at the age of 26, is that right? 26, baby. So how did you... Uh, How did you figure it out? I mean, did you have mentors that had been longtime ADs or did you really just kind of learn on
1: the fly? I I figured it out by my own mistakes and I was blessed to, you know, be in a position and with a president. I've had the same president for 11 years to help me through my mistakes Um, and to go from there. I mean, it was an early process. I was thrown into the fire and I was the assistant AD. For six months and then the president was like look you've done great work i like your vision you're about to be the ad you don't say no when when your president tells you that and so um you know i think i thought i was ready in my mind i probably was you know not ready um but you know just working on the fly i learned from my own mistakes being humbled through the process and enjoying it is that
0: um what, what what's been like the biggest lessons you know you learned especially early through some of those failures or mistakes that you made?
1: It's not about you. It's about the other people, really. Like, Especially when, in terms of leadership, I think, especially with young people, when young people become leaders, um, a lot of times they fall because they think it's all about them as the leader. When really it's about how you serve the people that you're leading. And then your leadership just grows from that standpoint. And it's much easier to lead somebody who wants to be led than when you're telling them to do something. So uh, I think my first couple of years, I was in the business of telling everybody what to do. And nobody really cared what I had to say because I was, you know, what, five or six years older than them. And I probably didn't have the, the greatest approach just in terms of you know how I talk to people at that age. But I learned on the fly, I learned about, you know, relationships and really, you know, I say relationships than championships and that's really what I believe in. And it's really the driving force for me just moving forward in life period. Yeah, such a great point. And I
0: can only imagine at that age of 26, when you're still young and like, you know, everyone's got an ego and especially a bigger, you know, the younger you are, the bigger it usually is. Yeah. Not always. Some people's tends to grow over the years, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can't imagine how difficult that is to put that in perspective uh, at that age. So it's you know, great to look
1: back, though. It's great to look back like 10 or 11 years later, like even the conversations that I had, I had a player that's was in the Navy, Um, he, I went to go see, I went to San Diego, he was stationed out there. Me and him did not have a good relationship and um, while he was playing, you know, at our school, Uh, we ended up getting together because I just wanted to meet. I always make it a point to try to get with our old athletes from out of town at a different place, just, you know, pick up, see what they're doing, see how everything is. And the conversation we had and him telling me that he was not in the right place in his life to take the information I was giving him, And I was telling him I wasn't in the right place in my life to deliver it the way I did. And so just being able to like have a conversation like that and think back on it. And now he's like, you know, probably one of the closest players I am, you know, post post playing. Um, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And so, you know, learning from your mistakes is great as long as you can stay employed (laughs) is even better. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Great distinction there at the end.
0: Well, on that note, let's dive right into that, uh, being employed. (laughs) Um, you know, obviously part of your job is sometimes you got to make the hard decision to change course with the program. How do you know when it's time to,
1: to let a coaching staff go? It's crazy. I was just talked to a new AD, one of my good friends who got the AD job at Clinton college. What's the hardest thing about being an AD? And I tell everybody the same thing, get used to telling people no. A little telling them no and love, but you got to tell people no. And it's kind of the same thing, you know, when it's time to letting a coach go to me, it's all about the players. And what are the players' reactions and how do the players react to you? It's one thing to have a coach come into a team and he's dealing with a whole new team that's not his own players. They might have a negative you know, reaction based upon his coaching style or him bringing in new players. But when you're able to watch a coach for you know, two or three years bringing in his own players, if you're not able to see the progress and uh, the relationships he's built with his players and the respect level coming in, and of course the wins and losses, that's kind of when you know it's time.
0: Okay. And what are the first, you know, after you decide to make that change, what are the first hours look like of the search? How are you doing your research on candidates? Just take me inside that first, you know, 24 to
1: 48 hours. Every AD's lying if they don't say that they already have names before they even fire the coach that they are going to fire. Because um, you don't want to sit around and have to make calls, especially small college. I might have to make calls to a soccer player in Brazil, you know, trying to keep them online, keep them coming to the, to uh to our school so um you know you, you have a formulated list of names you know you do your own research whether that usually involves phone calls to different ad's uh phone calls to people within the league um you know at one point in time also ad's at sometimes are looking for a specific hire it might be a person of color it might be a woman um you know we didn't have a lot of women uh, coaches and i really wanted women for a specific job So I really went and researched the best, you know, the best of the best that were available, you know, and everybody says a lot of things, but Google is a heck of a tool. So, you know, we use Google to Google people, uh, look up their bio, and then see if you have any connection with anybody that might be connected with them or might know them in passing. You know, what do you know about them? And just like a coach, just like a player, the coach situation is the same. The first thing you want to know about is, are they a good person? And for me, can I get along with you? If I can't get along, I don't care how good you are. If I can't get along with you, I really don't want you to be on our staff. Like I got to have somebody that we can sit down and go get coffee uh, after the game, before the game, talk about who knows what, like I love my soccer coaches because I can always talk to them about, you know, FIFA or or whatever, what's going on, Barclays. And I can act like I know stuff and they can tell me to shut up. Um, But I just love that, you know, just learning from them. But you can't have that if your coach just doesn't care and doesn't want to talk to you and it's all business.
0: So, is part of is part of your interview process to get somebody in a casual setting and see how they go back and forth
1: with you? An As assistant basketball coach that we hired took him out to eat, uh, nice restaurant. You know, D.C. We got tons of nice restaurants. Rooftop, you know, great atmosphere. Had the music playing. Took him out to eat. We are having a ball. Hour and a half later, and I had two. I had two of the old assistant coaches there too. Hour and a half later, he's like, "When are we going to talk about you know basketball?" I was like, "I just wanted to see if you were cool." <laughs> because if you didn't know basketball, I wouldn't even have you sitting over here with us right now. Right. So the process usually for me, you know, goes like that in a lot of different ways. I think it's different for different sports at different times. Um, but yeah, I, I lo- for me, I love casual settings, especially when, and then when the coach gets hired, I usually take them out, you know, a couple of times just to get them away from the interview setting, which, you know, is very fake, you know, or, you know, superficial a lot of times because people don't want to mess up or, you know, say anything wrong. So for me, it's re, you know I, I'm going to say the same thing all all podcasts, but the relationship piece is everything.
0: So I sidetracked you there, but so number one is you look for a good person. Number two, you want to make sure you can have a rapport with them. Was that it, or was there more to? I mean, it
1: win positive, a positive track record of winning. Yeah, um, you know I don't. A lot of coaches will, and I have a lot of coaches from various different sports that reached out to me for help, uh, you know, looking for jobs and stuff like that. If you're losing, you how are we going to get you a job? And a lot of people say, you know, my circumstance, nobody cares about your circumstance. That's just the reality of the situation. They want to know if you got it done or not. Because in any situation you're in, you can get it done if you figure it out. It might take three or four years. It might take five or six years. But if you're losing, we're not hiring you. And I think... Um, you know, that's something that's changed a lot in college athletics. I think it's gotten better. People are looking for winners, you know, because I think when I first started, it was, it was a lot of the, you know, buddy, buddy stuff. Um, But for me, I'm, I'm never about that. I mean, most of the people we hire, I've never met in my entire life. Like I can't, I'm trying to remember a coach right now that I hired our women's basketball coach. I met him. I met him four years before he came to us. He just came up to me, walked up to me and, start talking to me, but we had no relationship. I just saw him on the scene. I would see him recruiting. I would watch him, see his actions. And then from there, you know, I, I, he was on my radar early. Sure. Um, What can a coach do? Let's say you
0: don't have, you know, that current job open right now. Uh, What can a coach do to get on
1: your list or on your radar or build a relationship with you? He's reach out. Um, And I think, developing a relationship that does not mean you're going to receive anything is the key thing. Like how are you going to be able to talk to somebody when you don't want anything from them? You know, that's, that's to me, like, besides general knowledge, because everybody can tell when you're calling me because you want a job or you're calling me because you think this job is open, um, Or you're calling me because you think I know this guy who knows this lady, who knows this guy to get you in you know, to the interview process. So, um, I think just a simple reach out. I mean, especially now with social media, everybody's accessible. A quick DM. I mean, how do we got connected on a DM? Quick DM, um, you know, a call to the office. I I think most people are respectable um, and and would be, you know, inviting, you know, to meet somebody and talk with them and and help them on their career path. And I just think it's it's really that simple. But but if it's something where it's superficial, people are going to, you know, hear that out early and just not mess with you. You know it's funny. You
0: said the call to the office. Like no one's giving me that answer. Everyone goes to social media or email. But like sometimes, probably if your office phone rings, you know that's a good way to
1: get you right. How many people have? Well, I don't know. I can't say that. But I know I don't. But I think a lot of people don't have caller ID on their office phone. Right. So most a lot people, of people don't even have an office phone anymore. Yeah, I know. I, I I still have one, and I answer it when I'm in there. I'm not in there a lot during the pandemic, but I <laughs> check the messages. Um, but I, but I do know this. If you took the time to call me on my office phone, you had to look me up. Right. You had to do some research. And to me, that means something.
0: Okay, so let's flip the scenario now. Now you are, you know, whatever, you got a women's soccer job open and you're a women's soccer coach. Um, What kind of, you know, I want to tell you I'm interested in the job, right? How do you like that correspondence to go down? Do you like me to just reach out directly to you and let you know? Should I go through... Uh, somebody else in the athletic department. Should I go to, through a booster? Uh, what type of stuff do you like in that situation, and what type of stuff like absolutely
1: turns you off? If you're connect, if you're connected to somebody that I know, you don't know me personally, that always works. You know, I think that always works because somebody can vouch for you. If you don't know anybody that's connected to me, calling me, you know, calling me or, or emailing me is fine. I think um, you know when it becomes you know excessive. That's the issue. You know, If there's no reply, you email me three times, I might not be interested, I might not have the time. I might, you know. So um, I think a simple email and or phone call, you know, and or DM, just to start the process, you know, and, and it'll be typical, you know, we, we run a really strict human resources. So I'll probably just give you a very simple answer. This is where you, you know, call in. But I, I love when people send me an email with information. Okay, Not I'm interested in the job. My name is Susie, da, 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 da. Like, I'm Susie. I've won eight of nine regular season championships in my my career. I've won the last four titles in this. This is my bio. This is my account for this. This is my Twitter. This is my Instagram. Uh, These are some references from my players. You know, they really show that they showed interest in what they're trying to do with their career and push their career forward. Because I tell all our coaches the same thing. If you want to be here for 10 years, I don't want you you should be wanting to go higher than this. You got to be wanting to go high D2, division one, the pro- professional, you got to have high goals. And if you just want to be, you know, maybe a teacher here in the area or a therapist, and then you just want to come to Washington Adventist on your part time and work or something like that. I don't, I don't want you here. Cause I want somebody who's going to win and, you know, try to, try to build their career, try to build the success of the program and then see what, see what's going to be the best for them. Um, okay. Okay
0: using your example of Susie, who's a stud, she's, what'd you say, eight of nine? Eight of stud. Yeah. yeah, Susie's got it. She's got it rolling. Um, so Susie gets an interview. Let's say we do a first round of zoom interviews and you tell, you tell Susie, uh, okay, we're going to take the next week or two to finish up this round. Uh, we'll narrow it down to three people and we'll bring those people on campus. I don't know if that's how you do it or not, but
1: yeah, just like that. Pretty generic. It used to be phone and that's dead. So now you know it's on Zoom. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right. Um, So, okay. Susie gets done with the Zoom interview and it's like in that in-between period. I've heard this both ways from, you know, and there's no right or wrong answer. Um, But some people like send something to the AD every single day, whether it's just a small quote or like it's just a little nugget just to let them know they're thinking about it and how bad they want it and other people say that's the worst thing you can do, just let the process ride out. Where do you kind of lie on that?
1: Let the process ride out. I think the, the, the uh, you know, a thank you card is fine. Thank you notes, thank you email, that's fine. I think one, one thing is fine. I think seven is a problem. We know you, we know you interviewed. Um, but I think one thing is, one thing is fine, you know, whether you send, you know, handwritten thank you cards to everybody in the department, whether that was on the Zoom, whether you just send a quick email to everybody that was on the Zoom, thank you for having me, I really appreciate it. Because you do not know where everybody that is on the Zoom is gonna be in the next five to 10 years. Right. Where is the Assistant AD gonna be? Where is the Director of Student Life gonna be? Where's the VP of Finance gonna be? So even if you don't get this job, if you're leaving a good impression, it'll help you to connect with people and move forward. And I, you know, I, one thing I really you know like is when we don't hire candidates. it's so hard to hire candidates because there's so many good people, you know, typically when you're going through these searches, but when you don't hire these candidates and they stay in contact with you, I love that because, you know, you remember them, you're able to push them to somebody else as an AD. Cause we talk, you know, I had an AD call me last week for a particular job say, I need your help. Can you give me some names? And that's what we do with each other. So um, that's what I think. I, I I can't do the everyday correspondent though. Like I don't need a John Wooden pyramid quote every day. Right, right, right.
0: What about, um, you know, similar question, but with like calls, like references. So how I used to do it, and I don't know if this is good or not, but I used to do like one call to get me involved mm-hmm. and one call at the end to try to seal the deal. Is that too much? Like,
1: it depends on who's calling. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like Susie, she probably had a commissioner of the league call me. You know, I think that all depends on who's calling and who's the candidate is. But I like, I like the two call system. Uh, we were having this, I have a big coaches group chat uh, with like all these basketball coaches in the area. And, you know, one of the one of the questions was, you know, I have an in that's going to help me out. Should I call him? Should I have him call now or have him call further along in the process? So, you know, I think it's so hard to get your foot in the door. You know, once you get your foot in the door, you're kind of good from there. Uh, and then if you're able to get another call, it helps. But think about this. You got references down. Is the person that's gonna call me on your reference list? If it is, don't send it to me because I'm probably gonna call them anyway. <laughs> right. You know, so you now you now you're looking like you're like you're pressing the issue. Mm-hmm. And like you're in charge, like you're not in charge. You gotta you gotta wait. It's a tough thing to do, but you gotta do it. Yeah, the hardest thing to do, for sure. Sucks. It's terrible. Yeah, sitting around waiting, but
0: your patience really is the key there. Yeah. And whether you get it or not, like you said, stay in touch. Don't take it personal. This person can still help you in a lot of ways.
1: so hard. The thing is, it's so hard to take things personally. So I understand. I think a cool-down period, you know, a couple weeks, month, maybe depending on your maturity level, you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing you know, but if you're able to sit back, relax, really understand the process, look at yourself as a candidate, see where you failed or or where you were, you know, and then move on from there, because the interview process, whether you get the job or not, is a great situation of growth if you use it appropriately. You know, if you're terrible, you learned you're terrible, and you got another shot. Now, you're going to get another job interview. So, You know, I think, you know, really learning from the process, enjoying the process of an interview. Coach is always talking about process this process that, but they don't want to do the interview. They just want to get the job. Right. Same thing. Enjoy the process of getting a job. It's a process. Understand what it is and go through it. Great stuff. Okay. Uh,
0: Are you looking for more of like a great tactical coach uh, who's going to just like do their job? Their team's going to be competitive every year. Or do you really want that? I mean, of course, you want your team to be competitive every year regardless. But are you more drawn to that or more like the CEO type that's like, you know, shaking hands with boosters and, and really bringing the community in to the
1: program? CEO, CEO type.
2: And want, I think,
1: yeah. uh, just the way the game is changing and with finances now and college athletics, you know, speaking of that, you know, the AD conversation I had, you know, about the position potentially open up. You know, he he specifically told me I need somebody that's gonna come up after games, shake hands with some of the boosters, talk to them for a little bit, you know, 15 minutes, that's it. Have coffee with somebody maybe once a month. And that's just where we are right now. And you you know, understanding the dynamics of college athletics and how, you know, from the from the pandemic to everything else, how it's you know impacting everybody. You're seeing people lose you know, athletic departments, jobs, you know, you really have to be able to, you know, bring that community in understand who you're working for, Um, you know, respect everybody that's around. Like my president comes to the game. My coaches know my president comes to the game. I don't care if he's on the other side of the field. You walk to the other side of the field and you tell him, thank you for coming to the game. Then you walk back. Right. That's just what it is, you know. And so if you can't do that because you're so egotistical and you're so nah, this is the way I do things. It's not going to work here. So that simple handshake with that president might get you $10,000 to go to Mexico next year and play. If you play your cards, right. But it's not going to do anything for you if over there, you know, on your pen pad running your plays the whole time and not acting like anybody else around you matters. What's the
0: best piece of advice you could give to somebody who is just trying to get that break. You know, the coaching industry is hard and a lot of times it feels like you're on an island And you feel like you just need that break. uh, What's your best advice to somebody to position themselves to get one of these jobs?
1: I think the first thing is the me versus the world mentality is trash and it does not work in today's world. Now, I think 30 years ago, it might have worked, you know, when everybody was writing letters by hand and stuff like that. It's all, you know, I I can do this, I can beat everybody, da da da. That does not work anymore. So if you're not able to network and talk to people or be open to people, you know, establish relationships with people like your 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 ceiling is going to be very low and i think that's where one of the major areas i had earlier in my career you know I don't i don't need to be friends with tony I'm better than tony well I gotta be friends with tony but it wasn't about that it was just about growing the game you know and uh you know networking and understanding and I think networking is is a key thing but it has to be effective networking you know, not superficial as we talked about before. Um not networking. A lot of people go networking network in January and February in basketball. Why? Because they know jobs open in March and April. Everybody wants to go to the Final Four to get into that party to talk to that coach. He said 60 people try to talk to him about the job in the last two days. He doesn't want to talk to you. He wants to he wants to drink his yak and talk to his buddies that he hasn't seen, you know, in a couple of years. So You know, I think just building the relationships, understanding the patience of the process, doing your part to to grow who you are, you know, and and get your niche because everybody has something that's different. Nobody is the same. So, like, for instance, when I was growing up, it was Coach K. I fell in love with basketball because uh, I had a high top fade in 1991. Who else is light with a high top fade? Grant Hill. So – Everything else for me was all about Coach K, Coach K. I was buying Coach K's books when I was like 16, 17, you know, reading, reading stuff like that. And then I realized like there's one Coach K. I had a conversation. I'm gonna tell you something that changed my life. I had a conversation with Monty Williams. So my best friend is the um general manager for the San Antonio Spurs, Brian Wright. Came to practice. Monty Williams was on the staff back then. That's when he was there for like two years. Monty Williams. He said, can you talk to Monty? Can you talk to my guy? Monty brings you to the side, just talks to me. We're in Antonio Spurs facility. He's like, look at the banners. We're looking at the banners. He's like, man, you know, everybody wants to be Greg Popovich. There's only one Greg Popovich. He was like, but there's only one Patrick Crary and there's only one Monty Williams. So what do we have different that nobody else has? You find out what you have different that nobody else has. And then you grow yourself in the game with that difference. I will never forget that. That was the year that the final four was in San Antonio. And it's no to me, it's no coincidence that Monty Williams goes to Phoenix and all of a sudden they become a real good franchise. Yes, they got Chris Paul, but let's be serious. They won what, eight straight games in the bubble. So understanding your niche as a coach, uh, no matter what you're doing, spreading your network and your wings, understanding what is different about you. You know, you're looking at women's basketball right now. There's been a huge thing on women's basketball about hiring women's basketball women coaches of color it's like been the big initiative in women's basketball if you're a women's basketball coach of color you better jump on the bandwagon like you know like that's what you need to be doing so i think um you know understanding the landscape of things building your relationships and then finding your niche might take you a a little while but once you find your niche stay on to it believe in it and work at it patrick big time stuff man thank you so much for being with us today no problem. I appreciate it. Thank you. Always a fan, of rising coaches, man. You guys do amazing work. Look forward to watching some more of these in the near future. Thanks, Patrick.
3: Big impact on our university and we've we left it better than we, we had started. I wanted this job. I knew it was a tough job, but I also knew I wanted the job. I certainly wanted to be an AD and sometimes I will question why I wanted to do that. And sometimes I will question why here but I feel like I have a calling to be here and that I am in the right place. Um, I'm the right fit for this this institution on what they were looking for and we're gonna continue to do that. And I wanna hire a head coach that, you know, you would wanna hire a head coach that way um, that really wants the job. So those are the 10 things that I kind of look at. Again, the next piece is how well do you recruit? Where do you recruit? How are you X's and O's? um, you know, have your game plan when you're sitting down and, you know, we're going to sit down and talk about things. You're going to want to say, you know, this is kind of offense. I run this kind of defensive run. This is the kind of talent I try to go after. I mean, these, this is my coaches that I want to put together. This is what I'm thinking. You know, what's the dynamics of your coaching staff, you know, and then you have, you know, other expectations. So that was a lot. (laughs) <laughs>
0: hey that was great stuff really <laughs> great. um i feel like i could go on all day but i want i do want to give our uh, guests a chance here to to ask some questions as well um before we do that just just quickly want to thank uh connor sports our, our sponsor and partner for for over 10 years now um they're the market leader in portable and permanent hardwood sports flooring systems so anything from <laughs> They do basketball courts for FIBA, for the NBA, for March Madness, all the way down to like your local church league. So any any time you guys need a court, uh, no matter what the level is, uh, reach out to our friends at Connor Sports. You can hit them up at Connorsports.com. All right. um, We're going to open it up for questions here. Uh, If you guys do have questions for Scott, um, you can either raise your hand, uh, hit the raise your hand button or you can drop me a line in the chat. Uh, And we'll swing it over to you. And and when you do have a question, uh, we just encourage you to introduce yourself first uh, before asking. So who is first? Matt. Go ahead, Matt. How
2: are you doing? Uh, My name is Matt Schreck. I'm an assistant coach at Pomona Pitzer Men's Basketball out in Los Angeles. Let me see if I can unraise my hand. That's a little (laughs) annoying there. There we go. Thanks for being on. I like, I find this stuff fascinating to be honest. And Adam, like, I'm, um, it's awesome that you guys do this because, you know, when I got into the industry, I've been coaching in college for eight years now. When I got into the industry, you don't know anything about this. You know, you just assume you're just going to come in and just keep climbing and climbing, but you don't understand the nuances of the hiring process. So I think this is really important and it's cool to hear from as many perspectives as possible. So you did talk, I'm going to ask selfishly as an assistant coach, but you did talk a little bit about like duties and responsibilities and things that you look for when you're looking at people in that bucket. Um, but you mentioned the words prepared and ready as an assistant coach. Uh, can you perhaps dive into that a little bit more and like what that looks like to you um, in addition to some of the duties and responsibilities in game that you talk about? Yeah, that
3: that's, uh, that's good because um. I will tell you that you always feel like you're prepared um, and then you question yourself whether you're ready or not. And so I know when I got the um, when I was at Mississippi State and I saw people going for jobs, AD jobs, and I wondered if I could, am I good enough to do that? Am I prepared for that? And then um, and so the only thing I can really say on, on being prepared is, um, absorbing your program and understanding, um, I knew how I wanted to lead a department from how I saw Scott Strickland lead a department. And so it's okay to steal what our mission statements going to be or what we're going to provide. You know, I, I kind of had these, Hey, we're going to provide a great student athlete experience. We're going to, we're going to promote the university at the highest level. And those are things that I stole from him. Right. And it's like, look at, this is the type of leadership I want to have. And so you prepare yourself, um, by having like a mindset or a game plan, based off of kind of where you're at. And if you might not necessarily agree with everything where you're at, which can be a trouble too, but you take those bits of, you know what, I'm not gonna be like that, or I'm not gonna do that. And I'm telling you, your guys' situation as assistant coaches, those that are on, are the same as me being a deputy as an AD, um, trying to go to that next level. it's like they're mirror images of each other to me and being prepared. Um, But until you actually get in the chair, you don't really, won't ever really truly know. So I guess it's probably unfair of me to say, are you prepared? It's, I'm trusting what other people are going to say about you and that when you come in, you're like, man, this guy's got a plan. His plan is this, it reflects what this looks like and look at how successful this has been. So, Here's my template that I'm using to build this up. What you have to remember is um, where you're at in Los Angeles may not even fit in the realm of Ypsilanti, Michigan, right? Or wherever else you, you're you're applying. And so you've got to try to figure out what is um, Northern Illinois jobs open, right? So what what is Sean looking for? What are his key things that you need to be prepared um, that from listening to him, what means the most right now, student athlete experience is extremely important. Um, I want to win, but I want my kids to be excited too. Um, So I'm long winded on not really telling you anything. Right. Um, So I think, Again, I, I, I think you have, you take all the good nuggets that you see from how you lay out practices, uh, how you're gonna recruit, um, but you can also be honest when you're sitting down with an AD to say, look, I've learned that this is, we kind of do things wrong in this regard. We continue to do it or, you know, but I know when I get, this is something I wouldn't do, or I've got, here's my weaknesses. So guess what? These are my two assistants I'm going after because I know I'm weak in that area. I know where I'm weak. I, I totally know. I'm a softie at times and I can't write for shit. I'm just, sorry about my language. I'm not very, so I have good staff. Then I'm like, okay, here's the email I want to send out to everybody. You guys redline it, fix it for me, and then I'll send it out. That's just, you know, I know that. Um, so hopefully that helps. I don't, I don't know if I answered Matt. Sorry,
0: get a thumbs up. So, all right. Anybody else? Go ahead, Sev. Hey everyone, uh, it's John. Uh I recently moved to the to United States, uh, New Jersey specifically. I'm Lebanese Armenian. Uh, And Scott, I can really relate what you're talking about because uh, in the past two years, I was working as sports coordinator in one of the universities in Lebanon. But I mean, it's on a much smaller scale. But um, I have two questions for you. Uh, Have you ever made a disappointing hiring decision? Like after finishing the hiring process, like after some time, two, three months, you say, shit, I, I got the wrong person or whatever. And my second question is, uh, how hard is to fire someone, or have you ever fired someone uh, before?
3: Yeah. So, um, yes and yes. Um, so I, I would say um, I've not made a bad hire on personality, like somebody you can get along with, and a good a good fit from um, you know the student athlete side of things for the most part i we've done a pretty good job of gauging the character um but not everyone's going to be successful some some things are going to slip and and sometimes um you have you know somebody comes and wows you with a powerpoint and here's all all this is going to happen and then they get here and realize you know Startville is not an easy place to recruit to sometimes it's the sec but it's also depending on the sport it gets to be a challenge. Or you come to an Eastern Michigan where, you know, sometimes we fight um, perceptions, uh, whether it's student body or location or you're seven miles from U of M, whatever it may be. Um, so that that happens. Um, I am somebody that tries to give um, some leeway once I've hired. I mean, you can't just um, totally turn things around in two years, you need some time to get you know, things in place. Um, You know, I also realize I've been handcuffed on my hire. So I've, I've talked about how I've hired eight people. I've not paid one, not one person more than the person that was here before. So every one I've had to do a discount. So then that means I can't go hire another head coach because they're really not coming over. I've got to go find a really good assistant. So just about every one of my hires has been an assistant looking to take that opportunity. That's where it's worked out really well for me as far as they're really appreciative, right? I gave them their first opportunity. So we've had the great rapport. Um, on the on the firing front, um, I've had to do that and it's not fun. Um, I, and I will give you, um, something even worse than that. I had to cut sports. And so that cut me to the core. I, I still get emotional and I still get frustrated, um, and disappointed that I had to go through that. Um, I, as a, as a baseball player back in the early nineties, went to Ferris state university to play baseball. It was a top 10 division two program. And within the first three months, they cut my program. And so I left, I transferred out of there and I was the one picketing, I was the one blaming administration, you don't care about us. And I fast forward 25 years and had to do the same thing to four sports. And so I didn't realize how much it would affect me when that happened. Um, And so, but I have learned and somebody gave me some advice that your coaches can't be your best friend, but we're either hiring you or firing you. Right. So we're, we're bringing you in and you're either going to kick ass and probably move on, or I'm moving on, or I'm going to turn around and have to let you go. And so you've got to really balance that because I like to be close. I mean, I, I love to have open relationships with all of my coaches and you know, check on them and how is your family and your, and then it's their assistants. It's not just one person. It's a family. It's an assistant. It's all of that. Um, Adam uh, probably knows this and actually just had to have the same last name, but our soccer coach at Mississippi state, um, Aaron, I had to let him go when I was the interim and Aaron is somebody I would go play golf with and have a beer with. And as, as being the number two, you know, I got to be good friends with him and his family and his wife was an assistant coach and, and then, you know, three or four weeks later, I'm letting him go is now being the AD and um, talk about your heart racing and then, you know, he's, he's, is frustrated and can't believe you're doing that. And so I've learned I've got to balance that a little bit. Uh, it's not fun. It's not fun when you guys have to do that. I mean you're gonna have those as you're gonna be a head coach. There's gonna be times where you brought on assistance and and the fit wasn't what you thought it was. and um but I also mentioned early on on this that I don't think people should be surprised um very rarely. that's just not who who I am. so i I'm hoping that we have enough dialogue if you have a four year contract and we're two and a half years in. we've talked about, how we're getting better, should we extend, should we not and not have those um, surprises.
0: Okay, we have time for uh, two more questions. Uh, we're gonna go to Caleb and then we'll go to Andy. What's up Mr. Scott, my name is Caleb. Uh, I'm an assistant coach at the Westown School right outside of Philadelphia. Um, I hope this isn't too long long-winded questions but a personal question and then a, and a, a question about, Um, the hiring process, what advice would you give to a high school coach looking to make the jump to a college staff? And then during the hiring process, what would you look for to hire an assistant coach over a
3: current head coach? Um, So the high school coach piece, I would, um, to me, it's a real reach for us to, is depending on what level you're at, an athletic director to um, go get a high school coach. It's happened. And it depends on how successful that coach has been, how long they've been in their connections in the recruiting world, um, those things. I would recommend to a high school coach, if you really want to get in the college ranks, you have got to figure out a way to get onto a college staff. Um, But also you've got to figure out um, to get on, don't just get on any staff, right? You want to be able to figure out a way that you have connections and whether that head coach has connections. And, and then I'm a firm believer if you do a really good job, you do your job, people will notice. We don't always have to look for the next best thing. Things aren't always about money. I've never asked for a raise. 23 years, my business, I've it's like that I'm gonna work my ass off and then people are gonna are gonna follow. they're gonna see it, they're gonna realize that guy does a really good job, he cares and you're gonna move up. And that's tough because sometimes you get stuck in a rut but I, I truly believe that it eventually rises to the top. So from a high school coaching perspective, I, I would recommend um, trying to get in as an assistant at, at a school um, and use your connections and then You can use the high school head coaching spot. If you were a high school head coach and successful, you can use that on the resume for when you're an assistant trying to go and take that next step. Say, look, I've actually run a program. I've been very successful. Here was my plan in high school. I just had to prove myself that I could do it in college. And this is who I was under and stuff. I would look at that more so than maybe depending on how long that run was from an assistant that maybe has been an assistant for a really long time. It could could be a benefit. Um, You know, I don't really have, again, this is, I'm trying to relate to basketball and I don't have that that knowledge yet. So there's, um, I know when we hired Coach Creighton in football here, this was prior to me uh, arriving. You know, you're looking at, do you go get that assistant coach that you think can take you to the next level? you're still not sure. Or do you take this, the one that's actually coach Creighton was 16 years as a head coach, but it was at like Wabash and Drake. So it's like, okay, he was successful at division three. He was successful, successful at division two, whatever. Can he do that here? Um, Well, he's got a pretty good blueprint that he's been, you know, only losing two games a year, one game a year, and only had one losing season in 16 years. So he's got something um and so you've got to weigh that, you know, and then full transparency with ADs, they want to win a win a win a um a press conference, right? So you're not gonna go hire the the um the head coach that had a losing record for three years somewhere else or um you know, maybe they were in your league uh, before and they weren't successful. And then you think they're gonna come back in the league and be successful. It's kind of hard to, to to sell that to your donors and to the rest of the group where you can turn around and say, this, this assistant's been here and here, and this is their connection. This is how successful they've been. He, he or she's been a part of it. Uh, and so, and that's real. I don't worry about that as much. Um, personally, but I know a lot of people that do uh, as well. So hopefully that answered. Thank you so
1: much.
0: Yep. Okay, the last question here is from Andy Fitzgerald, who uh, is in the office, so he can't actually ask it. So I'm going to ask it for him. He's the head coach at College of Lake County in Illinois. Uh, Scott, what do you believe the lasting impressions from COVID will be? Um, what do you think the landscape will look like for 21 22 and beyond
3: yeah you know i (laughs) i um i was the optimist through all of this um and being in the great state of michigan um there wasn't a lot of optimism up here and there still isn't with the way we're running things compared to other people um but Uh, you know, I thought come April last year, right, we're six weeks in. I'm like, oh, we'll be fine by the fall. You know, things are going to be okay. And then all of a sudden you get into June and you're still talking about it. And then it's like, you know, it's like, come on, rah, rah, we've got this, we'll get through it. And then, man, it's like, now we're canceling seasons and all that. And so I've been really a lot more cautious. I was very transparent with my staff throughout of where I thought we would be. And, and the things that we're hearing from doctors and stuff. And and um, I'm certainly optimistic now because now our convocation center, we're doing a thousand vaccinations a day, people are coming through, um, you know, so things are getting, getting better. I just think um, budgets are gonna be um, certainly different. And I think we're gonna be, um, you know, we're not gonna just let people go out and recruit Um, and just spend, spend, spend. And I think we're gonna get very strategic in our Zooms with recruits and who we target. I think the bigger challenge in all this, especially in basketball is the transfer and the transfer portal and the microwave society that we're in of, it's about me right now and I'm not happy here, I'm moving. a lot of you on here are old enough that you would have never have done that. Um, but now that's the age that we're in. Uh, what have you done for me? And so, and then the whole NIL uh, is, is another piece that plays a part. That doesn't matter as much as in Eastern Michigan. I don't think we have the names and the money. Um, you know, that some of the power fives, but that's gonna be different. But I think COVID's changed us because I think we're gonna uh, be able to communicate better with our, you know, our our student athlete, like my kids are used to FaceTime already. I mean, your your players communicate FaceTime. They do Zoom every day. They just don't realize that, I mean, it's the same technology, right? And it's been us older that are like, hey, I've never heard of that. Or I didn't really do, you know, I FaceTime more with my mom now that this happened, as opposed to just calling. We don't call people anymore just to talk. Adam, it's like you asked me if I wanted to come on this or just do it over the phone. I'm more used to this now and seeing faces, and so I think that's the the change that's happened. That um, so we're going to get creative. So if you've got a twenty five thousand dollar recruiting budget, just making a number up, um, you know that may be changed to twenty two, and you're doing more things, you know, on on a Zoom and getting really creative and forward thinking on how you could sell somebody because we've been doing it for a year now, right? I think our football program and our basketball team, they've been able to figure out a really good method to their Zoom madness to get recruits to understand what we're doing because you can't bring them to campus. Um, and then we'll be a little bit more selective that way. Awesome. So. Scott, thank
0: you so much for your time today. That was great. And thanks to everybody for jumping on the Zoom. Uh, we will release it uh, on the member site if anybody wants to go back and watch. And uh, we'll release it via podcast uh, next week.
3: Great. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me on. It was good to see you again. You too. It's great.